It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome in. Hardwood Handicappers, despite... What is in front of us? Always turning out great content and great energy. Kelly Bidlin, Zach Cohen, we're all here. It's a full house, and we got a lot to get to. It's a full slate of NBA action. But before we do, boys, I wanted to go quickly back to last night just to bring up one thing, and I think it's a good thing to bring up in terms of a lesson for anybody who likes betting NBA games. Kelly and Zach, I think I put it in the group text that we have, and I think I simply just put in the spot of spots. Yeah. Uh, last night, the Boston Celtics playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and – I wanted to bring this up because I saw a lot of people analyzing it as just, hey, second leg of a back-to-back off overtime. But that game was so much more than that. That was that. It was also the fifth game in seven days Mm -hmm. for the Boston Celtics. And, Zach, I'll start with you. I think that it's just a really good lesson, and we've had now two really good lessons in the last week. We've had Boston playing its fifth game in seven days, second leg of a back-to-back off overtime, going into Milwaukee and losing that game. The week before, we had Oklahoma City playing their sixth game in nine days on the second leg of a back-to-back, and Atlanta going in and losing that game and failing to cover. I have always said that I've tried to, this year especially, I'm trying to incorporate more of these scheduling spots, but those two specifically are just such good lessons of, man, you can get circle just wins, right, on a calendar if you're paying attention enough. Yeah, I've been doing the same. I've been trying to put a more emphasis on the situational spots because it doesn't say anything about the two teams. Like, you know, the fact that the Bucks blew out the Celtics last night, that doesn't now mean that they're a much better team and that the Eastern Conference runs through Milwaukee. It's just, you know, it's a scheduling spot. Boston was tired. Milwaukee had all the energy in the world, and they ran them off the court because of it. It doesn't mean much. You shouldn't have to go into these games thinking, oh, I don't think the Celtics are four and a half points worse. You have to do a little more research than that, and there's there's a good answer for you if you do. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's something that if you're betting NBA on a regular basis, you you have to be aware of. Do you have to follow every time that you think there that there is a spot like that? No, I, I I won't put it like that. I don't think you know it's not an automatic 
you know, an automatic winner. Nothing ever is. And I mean, in sports betting period, but especially in the NBA during the regular season. But I, yeah, I mean, you hear you're, the audience out there, you're going to hear us bring it up a lot. That's why we bring up these scheduling spots and situations because there's rest advantages is something you can take that absolutely you should be aware of and it should be a part of your handicapping process in the NBA. Yeah, and Kelly, you put it well, and I wrote about it yesterday, which is, and by the way, the market did resist, right? We saw it open six and a half. We saw it get down to four and a half. I think that's Ooh. where we all got involved. It closed two and a half after the injury report was announced and only Al Horford was out. And it's, there are times, and just like we talked about with Atlanta, it's the same thing here. There are times where you're betting into numbers that in a vacuum are not correct, right? Because in a vacuum, if Oklahoma City and Atlanta are playing with five days of rest on either side, Oklahoma City is like a five and a half point favorite in that game mm-hmm. in Atlanta. But because of everything that was happening, Atlanta was a one, one and a half point favorite. Same thing here. And by the way, the opening number looked pretty damn correct, right? That's why mm-hmm. Milwaukee, even though they are worse than Boston, opens up as a six and a half point favorite at home. And you just sometimes, this is how I put it in the article, sometimes you just got to bet into these numbers because that is a price worth paying because of the situation that other teams are in. Yeah, this is, uh, I can't even remember now, John, if you brought this up on text or on the pod of like just these these series of games where numbers have like moved against you. Like this is, yeah. at the time I had agreed with you that I'm like, yeah, it's happened to me a couple of times, kind of weird. And it's, and it's happened to me a couple of times with winners. We're, I'm at a point now where like the past three weeks, like I, my biggest wins have been like an all in games where numbers have moved like two points the other direction from where I bet it. Like I, it's, it, I don't want to say it's screwed with my head because I mean, you know, I think it would if I was winning and losing them, but it's like been my biggest winners are where the lines moving the other way on me. And I, it's, it's just odd. And I'm trying not to read too much into it, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really remember a, a span of time that has now gone on this long that's included in as many bets as I've had, because I'm probably talking about four or five pretty large bets for me, and all of them ended up getting home. It's just, it's very odd to see this, this kind of, that kind of line movement. I'm trying to train myself not to care as much about closing line value because of what you just said. Like, yeah. And also part of, part of writing the story so early in the morning, like I just have to try not to worry about it at all, or I'll drive myself nuts. Well, and here's the thing. I think that's what it is, Zach. Like, I yeah. would be, it would be driving me nuts if I was, if I was, if I had lost one or two of them, right? But it's yeah. still driving me nuts because I'm always, I'm always so obsessed with getting that closing line down. <laughs> so I would say this, and Kelly, I'll start with you first. So one of the things that I think too is we're so trained because we're coming out of football season, right? NFL lines are tighter than the pants that I am currently wearing. All right, and, and trust JVT me, wears tight pants. They're they're tight. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a hefty guy, and. and <laughs> But you know what I mean? So, like, a point in the National Football League does have heft, right? It has value to it. But in the NBA, kind of to your point, or I've trained myself a little bit, like, all right, if I I bet, like, you know, whatever, if I lay four and a half and it closes two and a half, I mean, it's one bucket in a 100-possession game. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, those two points don't hold as much value than it would in a game in the National Football League where you took three and it closed four. Right. Yeah. Like that's kind of a little bit of a different thing. And so I, I think that's kind of where, to your point, Kelly, where I've trained myself to not really care as much. It's not even that I haven't cared as much. It's training myself to know, all right, a one or a two point line move in another direction is not as dramatic, as impactful as it would be in a sport like the NFL. Yeah, I think 100 percent. You're right. And for, for people that are out there that are listening, that might be a little bit more novice betters. Absolutely. Listen to what JVT said. You're talking about the number of points. You know to, what a total is in a game, and, and just really what a number a sp- move on a spread means. Then 
those po- yes, those a one point move in the NFL is worth so much more than a one point move in the NBA. It, it, absolutely, but still, at the end of the day, we're all still trying to get closing line value, right? Oh, so yeah. it's just yeah. it, right. It still messes with your head, regardless if it's a if it was a half a point, a point every time, it would still I mess mean, with my head. I'll give you an example, Zach. I know that you. I think you. I don't know if you bet them, but I'm sure you watch them because you watch them a lot now. Um, Toronto and LA the other night, right? The Clippers. Like that game, that game, I bet over 237 and a half. And I know Siakam didn't play. The total closed like 232. Mm-hmm. It went over every number. <laughs> it yeah. didn't even come close to staying <laughs> under that thing. So, like, there's times where I think you just gotta, you just kind of gotta swallow it and take it because sometimes the lines aren't as impactful, Zach. And, and you're, you know, just gotta believe in essentially your handicap. Yep. And I have some numbers moving against me already right now. So <laughs> I'm just trying not to worry about it. Yeah. I think I just yeah. noticed one for me as well. <laughs> Uh, so all right, this is cool. Really I, come into play today. Here we go. I, I, I've been busy this morning. I've been busy this morning. Let me open up Zach's uh, article. I didn't see. Let me see. Let me see. Bef- before we bounce around, though, we should note that it, it was a pretty rough night for the NBA last night because it's like, oh, yeah. no Thursday night football. All of the people that don't like basketball are, are tuning in, and you get I mean, like a triple blowout on TNT where they're bouncing around trying to find the closest game, and each one they move to is worse than the one before. I mean, I was on the right side of one, and <laughs> actually I was on the right side of one that looked like it was going to be a blowout but still ended up being a tight win, which was Dallas, so I didn't mind. Yeah, we all, I was going to say, as betters, we all and we were all on the Bucks. I, I don't think yep. anybody's going to mind that result at all. <laughs> and uh, just selfishly, real quick, considering we watch the NBA every freaking day, it was kind of nice to like, I flipped on Die Hard 3 at like, at like 730 <laughs> last night. I was like, cool. I, I was like, yeah. these games are all kind of ridiculous. I don't even really need to watch. I watched college hoops. So Santa Clara, yeah, yeah. Watched, I watched Gonzaga go down last night. So that was cool. Starting to get ready for college basketball. You know? I, you know what? I actually caught like 10 minutes of that game. I caught the end of it. <laughs> so, dude, Herb Sendex doing a good job out there, man. Santa Clara's doing coach. a coach. Yeah, Way to go, is. Herb. It was a Dude. big Bravo night in this house, so I was able to like get brownie points for being like, "Oh, we'll watch, we'll watch your shows tonight." But this is what I'm NBA. talking about. See, yeah. you're, you built up goodwill for the future, Zach. That was a good. That was a sharp move by you, right there. Turn off the NBA, put on the bra- put on Bravo, and then you're building up some goodwill for the future. My strategy is actually I watch the game on my phone and let my wife use the TV, right? So that I'm always oh, kind of so building like a, it's like a half point, like a good guy. Yeah. right? And uh, like uh, yesterday, um, what's it called? Oh, my wife wanted to watch Predator. And I was like, yeah, go ahead, throw it on. So oh, I had Predator on one screen. And, right, yeah, and Gonzaga, <laughs> Santa Clara on the other. On, get Predator, to the top versus, uh, Predator versus Real Housewives. Yeah, there's a, yeah, that would be an easy choice <laughs> oh, for me. I, Sorry. It's funny. Like, the, the, the follow <laughs> Sorry, the money Zach. crowd. Yeah, the follow <laughs> the money crowd, like which the shows, is a, honestly. A, a little bit older. <laughs> kind of um, always tries to lecture me on my manhood because I'm like, yeah, my wife showed me Predator. Like, I've never seen these good fellas. My wife maybe watch it, whatever. Like, oh, take your man card. I'm like, no, I don't really care. Um, and just like Zach, if I have to watch Bravo, I'll watch Bravo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that, yeah, that is completely, uh, of course, I'd rather watch uh, Predator. I'm also absolutely the guy who, if, you know, whatever Real Housewives show is on, that is like, oh, God, is this really on TV right now? And then 45 minutes later, I'm like, I can't believe this happened with this lady. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, let's see. Ooh, yeah. All right. I'm looking at Zach's article. and All right, cool. Let's get this done then. Uh, we'll take our break. We'll come back. Good conversation, by the way, about the about closing line value and, and all that kind of stuff. And In relationships with you guys, too. That was better than anything <laughs> that you're going to learn on the NBA card today. That's right. That's right. All right. We'll come back. And when we return, let's take a look at a very good card in the association. 
Sacramento Kings on the road against the Philadelphia 76ers. This thing opened up one in favor of Sacramento in some spots, one in favor of Philadelphia in some spots. Total opened up 239, 238 and a half. We're up to 241, 241 and a half across the board. Zach, I know you don't have anything here. I had nothing here. Kelly, are you going to be a saving grace for this one? No, Nope, absolutely nothing. I think the Sacramento team is a little bit difficult uh, for me to get a read on right now. And uh, this Philly side without Joel Embiid, I don't. I just. I just don't know how how often I'm going to be running to bet him without him beating the lineup. So, uh, this was a pretty easy scratch off the list and move on one for for me. Okay, I was yeah. tempted. I mean, I was tempted by the Kings, but the, the Sixers have played well without Embiid, so I just stayed away. But Sacramento's kind of quietly playing well too, so I thought that this was a game they really should win with Embiid not out there. But the line's scaring me a little bit. Yeah, I thought um, I thought over would be the play. Um, the uh, market looks like they agree to, uh, considering this is up from two thirty eight and a half up to two forty one, two forty one and a half. Um, it's pretty simple math, right? With uh, with just Tyrese Maxey, and obviously it's not just him versus five guys, uh, but with Tyrese Maxey being the lead guy when he's out there without Joel Embiid, pace picks up, defense gets worse. They're going to be willing to get up and down the floor with some of these teams. Uh, we saw it last time out for Philadelphia. They went to Atlanta. That ended up being a 139-132 game. I think that went to overtime, but the pace was still there between those two. The lack of defensive efficiency was there. So I think that this would be one where you get two teams that are very guard-oriented and two guards that like to run a bit that would be more than willing to kind of get up and down the floor with each other and, you know, duke it out, if you will. Um, what's uh, what's the what, – I was watching a broadcast the other day. What term did they use? clashing swords like they were it was like you know one-on-one battle it was like oh it's tobias harris and dejounte murray clashing swords and i was like i don't know it's, yeah. but yeah i kind of like it i kind of like that yeah. i like your reenactment even better but That's i kind of right. like that okay next up speaking of atlanta they're at home against indiana total is uh 252 down from 255 and a half and the number gets bet up from an overnight of four at one shop up to five and a half and i will say so i got burned the other night guys where by, by the way, by the hook, um, took seven and a half with Washington and right. Talking. It's funny. We just had yeah. this conversation about closing line value and getting the best of it. And I'm like, ah, oh, one or two points doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. You had a yeah, winner took, or you had a loser. I had a winner, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I took seven and a half <laughs> on a glo- game that closed eight and a half and fell on eight. So um, it doesn't hey, matter. You, did, you didn't want to get you the best did a of great it, job of talking me into it, though. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about that the morning after I forgot to text you. I was like, shoot, I think uh, I think JVT had a loser here and he talked right. me into betting it. But I think um I think the market's getting this right and kind of testing this one, right? Which is, again, like, I, I don't know if Indiana should be rated the way that they are without Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Zach, I wanted to go to you here because I know that we talked a little bit about it once he got hurt, and I think you were more on the side of maybe from a power rating standpoint, there's not that much of a change. The market does seem to be testing that theory, though. Yeah, I didn't think there would be a change in terms of the power rating. I just thought that, like, in terms of their coming their, their coming schedule, I yeah. still trust them to win the games that they were supposed to win without Halliburton. And they did get the job done against the Wizards. Um, I do think that they're pretty good at the point guard position, even when Halliburton's out. Obviously, you're losing a superstar that can create offense like nobody else in the league. But I just don't think that this team is that terrible outside of Halliburton. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the power rating, like, I, I do think that it, it does need to move I mean, like pretty significantly. But – yeah, I just think that like the home games against teams that they should beat, they're still going to win anyway. Yeah, Kelly, this anything was, here? Uh, uh, yeah, I it just I didn't end up having anything, but the totals messing with my head a little bit. I think the because what we saw this quite a bit higher the last the last time these guys played. I know you got Halliburton out, so it's you're you, you know you're trying to figure out how much that's worth to a total. I, I considered an under team total play on the Pacers here. Ended up passing on it. I'd probably still lean that way. 
Um, it's just he's such a significant offensive piece for them. With it, with him out of the lineup, I'm wondering if they can. I know the pay, the high pace that both these teams are going to play at. We're not like not like we're talking about a great defense on the Atlanta side by any means. Um, but I'm still wondering if they just have enough to put up, you know, over what 123 and a half. I think I saw their team total at mm-hmm. uh, tonight. So I, it's a lean to the under. I don't think I'm going to end up betting it, but that, that that I was thinking about that one for a while. The, Zach, you did have a player prop here, right? Yeah, I had Miles Turner over one and a half made threes. I just think that, you know, he took five threes last game. Even without Halliburton, they have Nemhard in there. He's a good pick and roll player, good pick and pop player, too. I think they're still going to get Turner looks. And it's just a type of game where, you know, this is the highest total on the board. I'd be pretty surprised if it's not high scoring, even if it does go, even if they go under their team total. I still think it'll end up being, you know, a fast paced game with a lot of points. So I just wanted to find someone on the Pacers to go with on the, the, you know, the prop market. And Turner hasn't been shooting well this year, but he gets up a lot of shots. He's a better shooter than his three point percentage suggests. So I think there'll be clean looks for him in this game. And it was plus money too. So that helped. I like it. I like it. All right, next up, Houston Rockets on the road against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, varying numbers, like opened eight, got down to seven, back up to seven and a half. Totals at 226 and a half, down from the opener of 229. Um, so I'll go first here because I did have a bet, and I did not bet on the Pistons side. As I wrote about today, um, you know, I've been chasing that white whale for a little bit and burned a couple <laughs> of times. So I don't think I want to do that here. But I'll take you guys back to, if you guys remember right before they, actually it wasn't right before, I think it was a little bit. But there was that game against the Atlanta Hawks. Remember, where it was like the perfect situation for Detroit. Like, man, they should cover this thing. It was yeah. like Atlanta's like third game at four nights, and they were at home, and they're terrible at home and all this. And the way I attacked that game was I bet Detroit over their team total because I was like, I don't know if I want to trust them to cover, but they should be able to score more here in this situation against Atlanta, thus making them live for the cover. And they ended up going over. So I took the same tact here. I, I took over the team total for Detroit over one of the nine and a half. If you look at the numbers since Dylan Brooks has been out of the lineup, same with Tari Eason, two guys who've been wildly impactful for this defense. Uh, they have been below average defensively, 20th in the NBA in defensive rating since Dylan Brooks has gone down. I think that when you're looking at a team that likes to play with some pace in Detroit, a team that since their uh, losing streak got snapped very quietly, I know this isn't great, but for them it is, up to 20th in the NBA in offensive efficiency. Uh, now, the thing that's going to hurt me here, of course, Boyan Bogdanovich popped up on the injury report an hour or two ago. Yeah. And he has been, I even mentioned him in the article, like he's been one of the driving fa- factors on, in this improved offense. And if he doesn't go, I think I'm going to get shrewd. But if he does, I think I'm in a pretty good spot here to get this team total over. So I went over 109 and a half. And if you're listening to this, I would highly recommend waiting to see if Bogdanovich is going to play. And even if he does play, you're not going to get a big boost. Like at the worst, it's going to be like 109 and a half, like minus 115. Um, to the over. So I think you're going to be in a decent spot to still play it, but I went over 109 and a half. Any objections? Nope. Have fun with that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. No, no objections. No objections. No, All right. No objections. Orlando Magic, Miami Heat. Uh, Heat laying four at the open, total of 220. Um, now we're looking at like two, 219 and a half. Didn't really have much here. A bad taste in my mouth the other night where I took five with the uh, Orlando Magic against Minnesota. And uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves took their heads and uh, did not get anywhere near close to covering that number. Uh, Orlando, if you zoom out, has been playing, you know, below average, kind of like we've seen before. Uh, if you take the smaller sample size and playing a little bit better, it's not a team that I have a very good read on. And, of course, still dealing with injuries to a certain extent and multiple positions. I had nothing here. Either of you have a, a battle of Florida ticket anywhere. Zach, you got anything? I- 
I don't have anything. Like, I would lean under because I just really think that yeah. this is going to be hard for Miami to create offense with, you know, probably no Butler, probably no Hero. I mean, like, he was upgraded, right, to doubtful because he's generally always been listed out, so. Yeah, I guess I mean, like I don't really know what to make of that. I still I think of doubtful as doubtful, but yeah. when you're upgraded, it's hard to say. But I it do is. think that they have stupid you know, NBA injury things. It, it <laughs> right. is it is uh, both both of what you guys just said. Everybody should keep in mind out there. Doubtful <laughs> should still be doubtful, but he did get upgraded, which right. we see all the time, meaning leaning towards someone play. It's like a scale, right? So like for me, an upgrade to doubtful is questionable, right? Mm-hmm. And then an upgrade from doubtful to questionable is probable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like once you throw the factor in of upgrade, like of upgraded to, I always think that they're a level above of what they were upgraded to. If sure. that makes sense. No, you know no, what it's, I mean? true, it's true. What's funny is when you pull up like the Don Best injury report and it says downgraded to doubtful, because, you know, doubtful would normally be a downgrade from any situation. <laughs> yeah. Except for no, out. when you're out. <laughs> yep. Except for out. Except for out. All right. Cool. Easy to move um, on. That was, uh, yeah, just real quick. I, I, I agree with you, Zach. I think Jimmy Butler, you got to watch, but you're dealing with a lot of these injuries on the Orlando side too. And Orla- I mean, from a side perspective, uh, and I think we talked about this a little bit, um, Zach, I think you brought it up, but just with Franz out of there, I, I don't know how, how often I'll be running to bet this Orlando side until he gets back in the lineup. Um, and I, I think as a team, I, I was on that Minnesota side the other night. Sorry, JVT, but you know, not sorry. Uh, but this is, uh, I, I do think that I think that team's going to, I think that offense and that team's going to struggle with him out, not in there. And if Jimmy, if Butler doesn't go tonight, Hero was doubtful. You got Lowry doubtful. It looks like Caleb Martin's going to play actually, but like, I, where are points coming from in this game? I, it's, this is what I, I, I circled the under last night. I still haven't bet it. Um, that's a pretty heavy lean for me though. I might, I might end up betting this before, before a game goes off. Okay, side, sorry. I thought Zach had something that looked like he was sidewise. Concerned. I have no idea. Though. No. Like I have no freaking clue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean with Orlando, like I'm at the point where I'm starting, I feel like I'm going to start sweating this 40 plus wins. I have, I, I they look yeah. really, really lousy and the injuries are not helping. Like, I think they're going to limp to that 40. Like I will win, but it's going to yeah. be close. I did Fun. consider the other day, like I saw a minus one ninety on the Heat to win the division, and I know how uh, anti Miami Heat we've been over the past year on this podcast. We flipped, or year and we, a half. we flipped all of us. But yeah, this is what they've done has been so impressive to me with no Jimmy Butler, and you are like just look at the rest of the Southeast right now, and it is, it is a bad, bad situation. I mean, injury situations in Orlando after that great start. And then obviously we, I mean, the three of us were as wrong as anybody, anybody could be on a team with the Atlanta Hawks and they are, they're going nowhere. That team is going nowhere. Yeah. Congrats on winning a shitty division. <laughs> yeah, sure. I refuse but, to know. back down. They're not sure. winning the East. Okay. I said, I said, I said the Southeast division though. No, they, no, no, I, 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 they stink. All right. I won't, st- I won't come down from this. All right. They stink. I've turned around on them a little. I'm no, dirty. it's the worst division in basketball. <laughs> they stink. Congratulations. Sure. Sure, and if whatever, sure. and anybody that hold is that's holding it a Bucks NFC South ticket out there is not is is upset today because they have it's a bad team that won them a ticket. Yeah, I'm just saying. Don't I don't want to hear any heat propaganda about making a run. I don't want to hear it. I refuse to. <laughs> that's back fine. Down that's that. that's fine. What I will say though is the Miami Heat are head and shoulders better than any other team in that division. Yes, correct. They're, that's all they, I'm saying. I, it's like I, it's like I, saying I, I, I'm the best fighter at a fifth grade like room. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you would be JVT. You would beat the shit out of those fifth graders. Okay. 
I think they should be a Siakam team, by the way. I, I can't go an episode without like, giving well, you a fake trade. But I, mean, I, think I, that... I read a report that Siakam <laughs> wants to stick around, Zach. He wants to I stay saw in that Toronto. Too. He wants I the money. That. I think he gets way more money if he stays yes. in Toronto. So. Yeah, I saw that too. I was kind of curious. I was like, I don't know if that's really your uh, full decision, <laughs> Pascal. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> well, because the, the theory would be he gets traded somewhere, he goes to free agency, and then just goes back to Toronto. And so all these teams are like, no, fuck that. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I cursed. I apologize, whatever. Uh, <laughs> use the transcript, Stephen. Come on, bleep it out. All right, next. <laughs> Let's actually, you know what? Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue to roll through the schedule. And, um, you know, I'll tease it this way Can the best team in the NBA keep it rolling? Yep, Los Angeles Clippers, they're the best team in the NBA. Uh, let's we're go. talking about the Jazz. Yeah, fight me. Fight <laughs> me. Yeah, <no. laughs> um, they are on the road against the Memphis Grizzlies. Eight and a half, up to nine in some spots. Total of 224. Uh, Grizzlies guilt dealt another blow. By the way, the Saboyas on uh, on Marcus Smart nailing a three the other day with a finger that's at like 90 degrees. And yes. it turns out it's a pretty serious finger injury that's going to keep him out up to six weeks. So no John Morant, no Marcus Smart. We're right back to square one here for the Grizzlies. A team that is reeling for shot creation and doesn't have much of it. Playing host to the Los Angeles Clippers, who've got multiple wings who can just suffocate every single matchup, I think, defensively, can play zone if they want and just say, okay, yeah, go ahead. Revert back to the team that chucks threes on offense because you got nothing. And on the flip side, we're going to be able to get to wherever we want. We're going to get a bunch of these skinny wings that you guys have. Or we're just going to dominate them in the post. I think this is a great matchup for the Clippers. So I laid eight. We're up to eight and a half, oh, nine. Okay. I think they come in here and uh, and smoke them like a blunt at a Willie Nelson concert. Let's Boom! Go. There you go. I think I, th- I think that crowd's smoking joints. They're smoking like old old time old time Jimmy. Yeah, I guess uh, blunts Jimmy are a little Jimmy. bit more like yeah my age, huh? Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is what it's kind of. I, I, I mean, I'm not surprised to hear you're on the side. I, I definitely circled the Clippers as like I thought for sure this would be a bet for me. This definitely opened a little higher than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be more like six, six and a half. So stay away for stay away from me right now. I'm going to look to get involved live. Uh, but definitely, definitely like that side. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with Kelly. Like, I think if this were below seven, I probably would have taken it. I'm a little nervous about the eight, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have any concerns about the Clippers winning this one and winning somewhat comfortably. So, yeah. like Kelly said, you know, if the, if the Grizzlies take a lead at some point early, like, there's a really good opportunity to jump on the Clippers live. I mean, yeah, they really should dominate this matchup. Yeah, market two is really overvalued this team at home. Memphis, uh, four and 12 straight up, three and 13 against the spread when playing in Memphis, just hasn't really done very well. And I, I think that if, as we've talked about before and we saw against Toronto, if Memphis had like a north-south guard that would kind of suck it up and, you know what I mean, be able to dish and kick and do all that kind of stuff, we've seen the Clippers have a lot of trouble with those teams. Saw it against Toronto, saw it in many different matchups, but not the case here for the Memphis Grizzlies. All right, next up, we'll keep this one quick. Trailblazers, Timberwolves, 16 with a total of 221. Show of hands. Anybody care? All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> sorry, I know our audience might not be uh, might be really tied into that matchup, but I don't think we really care. Uh, I think the Timberwolves are probably going to crush the life out of them. Any debate there? Nothing? No? All right, cool. Nope. Moving on. Kelly won't even – Kelly's just busy doing something. I'm chasing a bet. Sorry. Okay. I'm chasing a bet. All right, Golden State Warriors, Chicago Bulls. The floor it's is like, yours. It, I'm just going to interrupt you right now. If anybody has okay. any interest in the Pelicans right now, you should go bet. Uh, everybody just got upgraded to probable for the Pelicans to against Denver. Yeah, I thought this number was nuts, and I get all of them were questionable, but I didn't understand why they would sit everybody. So, yeah, all right. I think that's pretty easy, right? What do you think this closes at? What's still playable here? Anything, above, anything above seven. <laughs> anything above say, seven. Say that again, Zach. 
I'd play six or six and a half at the Pelicans. Like I just think that they look great. Like, they, they look one of the best teams in the Western Conference over the last month or so. I agree. So I'm really yep. interested to see like if this if this closes like only not closes, but if we only get to like six and a half, like Circa right now is flashing to six and a half. Yeah. Like I still think that's playable. Westgate, I, I think yep. this I think the Pelicans, so once this market settles in, this might be an ad for me too. So uh, I would agree with that sentiment completely. All right. Uh we were here. So Zach, I was gonna give you the floor, so take it here. Chicago Golden State. You have been our Bulls whisperer, our matador, if you will, uh, three with a total of 228. What does the matador have in this matchup? I just thought the number was really low. Like we just saw Golden State get absolutely smoked by New Orleans. They've lost six of their last eight games. I believe Steve Kerr fully when he says that the team has no confidence, no belief right now. And I do think people are underestimating what just inserting Draymond Green might do for them. Like I think it's going to help them a lot. But until he's back in the lineup, like something needs to change and they don't have anything they can do to change it. So I think that the Bulls are laying a really small number here. They've been playing really well. I actually have been impressed with the way Levine has played since coming back in. You know, he's been shooting a lot worse. Uh, Better shots. Hasn't been disrupting the flow of the offense. Kobe White is still cooking, even with Levine back, which is a really good sign for them. Those guys could play together because it seems like there might not be a market for Levine. But yeah, it's just a team that, Good enough offensively, really, really good defensively right now. The Bulls are top 10 in the league in defensive efficiency over the last 20 games. Uh, we should note, too, that the Warriors do hope to get him back during the road trip that they're on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no danger of him playing today, right? Because that would be, I think, maybe the thing that burns you is like all of a sudden they're like, no, he's active. I don't think that he – so what would that mean for the injury report? Would he have to pop up some way because he's not because there? He's, he's not because I'm looking – let's see. Let I thought see. he was there as out. Yeah, but well, here's the thing is Kelly and I famously uh, talked about many times last year. Um, there was a great game in which Shea Gilders-Alexander, five hours before tip, went from out to questionable. So, mm. like, they can do whatever they freaking want <laughs> yeah. with these injury reports. So, And it does say out, return to competition. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's any danger of you getting burned where, like, you know, in an hour all of a sudden it's like, Draymond Green's active. I think that comes a little bit further down the road, but just something to keep an eye on yeah, uh, overall. I think- I think I have a bet in this game that I'm going to play and probably nobody else should. Um, but the uh, let's take a, take a walk down narrative street with me, boys. Uh, did, did anybody catch that they're doing this uh, this ring ceremony uh, uh, for the for the '90s teams in Chicago tonight? So you're going to have yeah, Jordan. I saw something about it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Jordan Pippen and Rodman all in the house doing something uh, pregame. I think I'm going to play an over on Steph Curry's point prop of just the uh, just from the angle of I'm going to sit around and watch watch the house that MJ built and try to drop drop about fifty in it after I'm watching him uh, do whatever <laughs> ceremony pregame. So I think I might be betting that small tonight. I don't know. I don't know that anybody should be following me on that because I am definitely this is just pure narrative driven. But you know, there's not exactly many other people on this uh, on Golden State Warriors that can score the ball, the ball efficiently right now, anyway. So, Kelly, Steph Curry's Here. the greatest basketball player ever, and he's better than MJ, and I agree. He's he he can do it. I'm not I kidding. Mean, he, he definitely can do it. Like that's like I mean, after I two cra- two crappy games from him, and then you got to sit through. I always I do believe in like the whole like. What, if there's an extended pregame, halftime, whatever, the opponent's sitting there watching this crap, and you're just be like, I, like Steph Curry is good enough to be like, I'm going to put 50 on these guys tonight, like with <laughs> MJ in the house watching. Should I say my hot take? I'm going to say it, and then we're going to move on. Don't follow up. If MJ no, played no, today, he'd be Gary Harris. <laughs> oh, man. 
Next up, Charlotte Hornets, San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> my, my favorite part about that was just was Gary Harris for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Look, That's the title of the episode, by the way, that will get a lot of love. Right now, right now, like we're going to follow. Go, just pull up basketball reference for both of them and just look at their shooting numbers. And you tell me, without looking at the picture, who is who? Gary Harris. Um, I know who Michael Jordan is because he played every single game in whatever season I'm going to look at. I'm just talking about, like, efficiency-wise. Just look at him. Just look at him. Tell him. Look, Zach's doing it. Zach's interesting. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I should. I should. He, he's, right. like, he's trying to figure out how to turn off his microphone and uh, distance himself from this Mother podcast. Mother F me. That's right. Let's go. Bring it on. Bring it on. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm a, I'm a radio guy first. You're never going to out-debate me. I'm in. I've got, I've got I have a Gary Harris there. rookie card with a jersey a patch and an autograph, so you might be helping my value right There you go. See? There we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You should put it on eBay for like modern-day MJ. <laughs> I'm not lying. Look at the numbers. All right, next up, Charlotte Hornets, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, LaMelo back tonight, right? So that's yep. going to be pretty big here for Charlotte. Yep. Very exciting. Uh, I'm going to watch because I want to see LaMelo back. For those who don't remember, LaMelo was on an awesome tear before he got injured. We're talking about what, like 27, like 8 and 9 on 50% shooting from the floor. It was insane what he was able to do. Um, I always worry. I guess I'll ask you both here because I don't think either of you have anything here. Uh, how do you factor in long layoff and return in first game? Do you just assume you hit the ground running? Or is there some sort of like, you know, kind of ramp up the competition you want to get a game under your belt type of deal kelly yeah it's uh it's a great question i'm glad you brought it up because i was going to throw it out otherwise um i'm sure zach has a much smarter answer than i do anyways but uh i mean look i think it's one we always preach of you know we we you heard it earlier on this podcast unless we edited it out but the uh the uh you know running to bet the pelicans you're but you're 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 making a lot of bets based off of news, able to get in front of number moves and stuff like that. I think that if you have clear indication from, you know, from coaches, coaches of what a player, how many minutes they're going to play, what the plan is from them, then I think you have a little bit of clearer idea of what you should, what you should actually expect. Um, For me, it's rarely a bet on or against situation, right? Because I think it's always a question in my mind, how much is this guy really going to be able to do in that first game back? But also, I know what he can do, so I'm not running to bet the other side either. So for I think this game tonight's a perfect example because it is the San Antonio Spurs. So like, there's no interest. There's really no interest for me here. I love that Lamelo is going to be back. I think it will spur interest in me betting on the Hornets going forward once we see this crew kind of get back together and get back in rhythm together. But for the most part, to answer your question, for the most part, they're usually just turn into stay away situations for me. Um, but I, I, I understand the excitement that Lamelo is back for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of case by case. I'd agree with Kelly that I'd mostly be looking to just stay away, but I do think that Ball, we kind of know that like two or three weeks ago, he was already kind of ready to return, and they've just been really cautious because they're not in a situation where they're really even fighting for a playoff spot. So I would expect him specifically to hit the ground running, especially against a team that just does not defend the perimeter well. So if there were player props available for him, which there aren't right now, I'd probably be looking to go some on, on some overs. But yeah, there, there's nothing right now. I, I do think he'll have a good game tonight. I promised you a smarter answer from Zach Cohen. There you go. There you go. More Sorry. succinct and smarter. And it looks like it looks like the Pelicans bottomed out at five and a half because mainly bounced back to sixes. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, last one. Oh, finally. 
finally. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. <laughs> you and me, Zach. We're together. Yep. Lay the lay the foundation, my friend. Utah. Well, this is the Toronto. this is the one I was talking about before. Yeah. I, I, I had two. I had, I got it at minus two and a half. It's now minus two, but I'm not too worried about that. I just think that right. this is the sixth <laughs> sixth game on the road for the Raptors, all on the West Coast. Not a really easy situation. I think that they're going to be pretty tired, and they're now playing a team that has been scorching hot over like twelve and four straight up and against the spread over the last sixteen games. Uh, very, very tough to beat at home, which we saw the other night when they whooped the Denver Nuggets, a fully healthy Denver Nuggets team. I think that we're getting to a point where the market really needs to start reacting to what we've seen from the Jazz over the last month rather than what we expected from them earlier in the season. Like they're, you know, a top 10 team in terms of net rating right now. Uh, very, very solid on both ends of the floor. Really tough to play because of the way that they rebound the ball offensively and then you know, they, they cause a lot of turnovers and they don't turn the ball over very much. So they have the heart of uh, this Wisconsin Badgers fan because that's how we like to play yeah. our college basketball. But, yeah, I think it's a really good basketball team, and this is just not enough points for them to be laying at home. All right, first off, Big hoop, uh, Big Ten hoops suck. Uh, it's some <laughs> of the least appealing basketball I've ever watched in my life. Um, but I will say, I agree with all points. I'll add a couple of sprinkles on top of the, the cake that you did create. First off, over that 12-4 and four, straight up and against the spread, um, stretch. You mentioned how good they are at home. Six and zero straight up. Five and one against the spread. A plus eleven point seven net rating. That adds to a thirteen three and one record at home against the spread. So they just play well at home in general. You mentioned right the the road trip that the Toronto Raptors are on. They have played. This is going to be their third game in four nights. Obviously in altitude. Two very tough games in L.A. Like those were some scraps, right? One possession game um, with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and that that drama. You turn back around the next day. You get a back and forth affair with the Clippers, which they were they were in that game the whole time. It was like one possession game, trading leads, um, and then ultimately the Clippers kind of pulled away but didn't cover. That game went over, and then playing at their pace in altitude, Zach, when you're at the end of a road trip, I think that that's going to be pretty challenging for a team that is used to playing in that regard. And I'll add this last one. It does feel because the Raptors in these six games since the trade deadline. They are five and one against the spread in the six games. To me, this feels like the market overcorrecting, right? Like the market's been wrong this entire time. And in fact, the market's moved against them in a couple of spots over these last six games. Now this feels like it's like, oh, like they're, they're playing the Jazz. This is a like rated opponent. Like we, we got to correct this. And it's like, no, that's a terrible spot for them. And the Jazz are playing well at home. Seems like an overcorrection. So to your point, I don't feel bad. I laid three. It's down to two. Uh, I don't feel too bad about where we're at. So that's right. Friendship, baby. Kelly, have we convinced you? Yeah, let's um, play it. You want to play it again? You want to play again? Want to play it again? I hate to be that guy, but the uh, I did take that. What was it? Fourteen when we were sitting here a week ago against Boston. That was just such an ugly result, and I I just don't know if I'm. Make it three for three, baby. Let's go. Utah Jazz is my only bet going into tonight. Let's go. I had no idea. I didn't even read your guys' articles this morning, so I didn't know that all three of us were on it. But, yes, I mean, fire it up again if you want, JVT. There we go. <laughs> there go. The real one. The real there one. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, it sounds a lot better than off of my phone right in front yep. of the microphone. But, yeah, I mean, you guys laid out everything that needed to be said. I This is – were we talking about the Jazz the other day, JVT? Like, this still – this is more of a bet against Toronto – yeah. Uh, that that uh, that it is on the Jazz for me. I don't know fully what to make of some of these Jazz results so far. These the, the very recent results. I think they're getting uh, 
maybe, uh, you know, maybe a little lucky with some things. And, you know, we're going to see them regress from the, the very high level play that they have been putting on here over the past couple weeks. Um, so it's more of a bet against Toronto to me. And I don't know that I would definitely say, I would say that I have a real strong hold on this jet ja- uh, or on this uh, jazz team right now, because of what really what's happened over the past month of what they've kind of, t- you know, played really bad. And now we've played some really good basketball. I don't really have a great feel for them, but man, I thought this number was really light for what Toronto's had to go through on the road during this stretch. Well, I'll bring this up and Zach, I'll, I'll use my own point against me to an extent. So when we talked about them right before that, that Celtics game, right. One of my pushbacks against you guys was like, well, if you look at who they played, like, you know, it's like the Pistons and the Spurs, right. and yeah. the, but you know what I mean? Like there's a whole bunch of like those types of teams in there, but to use that point against myself, this is kind of a team like that, where it's a similarly rated team, but you're well coached enough to take advantage, I think, of scenarios that very much work in your favor against mm-hmm. like rated opponents and catching a team on the last end of a West Coast trip in altitude, third game in four nights. This is one of those spots where a well coached team like the Jazz generally come out and take care of business as they should. Yeah, they should. And on a Friday night at yeah at home in altitude, like you said, and, and you know, going back, I mean, OK, since that loss. From Boston, right? It's wins at Philly, wins at Milwaukee, wins yep, against yep. Denver. Like that is, I mean, those are three damn impressive wins uh, in the past week. And I, and I think something that I just completely ignored when they were playing that Celtics team is that I think Boston was coming off two days of rest and had just gotten beaten, or or some, or maybe was that was it that bad Pistons game that they played? I, yes, they had they had more rest and they had a bad result before that, so they came out ready to smoke them. And I do think that the Jazz, you know they don't match up well at Boston at all because they don't really have the go-to score that can create for themselves. And the Celtics have the guys that can smother, you know, players that can't do that. So, yep, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, with that, best bet recap, we're all on the jazz. So we can cross that off of our list. Zach, what else you got? So jazz minus two and a half bulls minus three and miles Turner over one and a half made threes. Okay. Kelly, just the jazz jazz and Pelicans. Yes. I, I said it that way because I'm trying to decide. Would what. you say what? Okay, we'll put it this way because you did get in. What is the playable number for the Pelicans? Six and a half. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's sixes out there. I think you're. I think anything above six. I think okay. you're good. I definitely right. said. I, th- I definitely said anything above seven, like 20 minutes ago. But yeah, anything above six, I'd play. Okay, like it. Uh, for me, Pistons team total over 109 and a half. Clippers minus eight. I think that's still playable at eight and a half, which is uh, still plenty of those out there. And uh, Jazz, I laid three again down to two. So um, logic says very easy. Yes, you can still play minus two if I laid minus three. So. I, right, this cool. is a, this is another game though. Like this Jazz side, I, I, I mean, continues from what we bringing it full circle from the start of the pod. I, I mean. This was three this morning, right? Like it is yeah. Toronto taking money or or whatever. This line moving against the Jazz. Just I, it's another game. It's continuing to confuse me, but whatever. Results have been good so far. Yep. Yeah, it's been weird. So uh, this I one's think not the, as much though. I mean, this is a, a half a point or a point. We're talking. Takeaway is those who shape the market suck. So <laughs> that's pretty easy. Things are pretty easy takeaway there. Uh, right. All right, guys. Sports betting is easy. That's right. Uh, <laughs> they're all losers, and we're winners, <laughs> and that's essentially how we roll. <laughs> all right, like uh, we want to very much stress. Um, I can't involve the details, but I'll just say, please like rate review, subscribe downloads are are very important. So if you can download, you know, set these up for downloads, I'll be very good as well. But we did get a report back yesterday in terms of the numbers and the growth that it's really there. So if you're listening to my voice again, I always want to stress, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Want to grow this thing a little bit more. And I think we can do that because the, uh, the direction in which we're heading can say 
it says that we can do that. So can't do it without oh. all of you though. So we really appreciate it as always like rate, review, subscribe, download, and uh, we will talk to you on uh, Monday. You can't believe it's Friday already here on a uh, hardwood handicappers. Have a good weekend, everybody. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.